everybody. It's so good to be in this house of worship with all of you here who made it in person. Hello to all of you uh, who are joining us online. And I just wanna say, I'm so glad whether you're online, live with us or here in person, uh, it's just a great day to be here with you because we, we just get to come together. I don't know if man, I was in here with worship today. We get to worship an awesome God, don't we? we? We get to celebrate Jesus. And I don't know about you, I needed some of, that, some of that music today. I needed some of those words. How about fighting my battles? Come on, everybody. I mean, geez, like surrounded. I know, man. I just, and I just wanna say, man, I wanna celebrate that with you. Come on, we gotta let them have it. If we're gonna, if we're gonna clap, we gotta let them hear it. Like, really. Man, I love it. Man, a victory is in Jesus' name. This is how I fight my battles, that I might be surrounded by. I'm surrounded by you. I was like, I'm ready to go home. Like, I, don't, I got nothing better than that, everybody. I got, what I'm about to do is nothing better than what we just sang about Jesus and the victory that we have in him. But I will make my best attempt, and I know God will bless the rest of this time today. Just an awesome time to be with all of you. If we haven't met, my name's Andy. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, welcome, I wanna welcome you to week number two. We're in week number two of a series uh, where we're talking about the the Holy Spirit, that's what we're doing. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. So we gotta get right to it. We got a lot to cover today. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab those or electronics uh, and go ahead and open those up to Galatians chapter five. Galatians chapter five. So that's where we're going. And as you're getting there, uh, I really do think that this series is so important for us as a church. I think going after uh, and talking about the Holy Spirit is, is really important because when it comes to the Holy Spirit, I think a lot of us have these preconceived ideas or notions of who the Holy Spirit is, what he does, or even we don't really have that many thoughts on who he is and what he does. But here's what I wanna say. Uh, if you study the Bible, and if you see what Jesus has to say about the Holy Spirit, uh, then I think you'll find everything that you need to know right there. You'll find everything you need to know, and you will find out how close the Holy Spirit wants to be with you. And so, uh, and we're getting this, really, we're getting this uh, from a verse that I shared last week, and it's really the theme of this whole series. So that's what I ended with last week. That's where I wanna start uh, this morning with us, because this is what Paul's prayer uh, for all of us is, is people who love Jesus and are following him. Here's what he says. This is his hope. This is his prayer for you that he says that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's where it all starts. It all starts with having a relationship with Jesus and that, that he brings grace to us. And what grace means uh, to followers and believers is that we get something that we don't deserve, which is that we are made right with God. That's what the grace of Jesus is, that we are made right with God because we have sin in our lives, every single one of us, uh, and that sin actually causes a debt in us, and that debt, it, we can't pay it, and, and that debt actually causes us uh, death. It, it actually, the, the, that's the result of that sin is death, but Jesus comes in, he steps in, and he pays the bill. He pays the bill for us, so it all starts with Jesus. It's amazing, amazing grace, so that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, and really, gang, listen to me, that's what this is all about that God has not only love for you as his child, he has an extravagant, undeniable, unbelievable love for you. He loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you. I don't know what you believe about God, but listen to me, if you don't believe that his love is extravagant, unbelievable, undeniable, like all the way in, then you don't believe the God of the Bible. You don't believe the God of the universe, that the love of God, and then he says, because while we're here on this earth, uh, we're gonna meet him one day, but while we're here on this earth, you need some help. You're gonna need some help. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. He says, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. That's the Bible's prayer for you. 
that God's hope for you when it comes to the Holy Spirit is, listen, that you're not just aware of the Holy Spirit and that he exists, but that you are close and that you have fellowship with him, that you are closest to the Holy Spirit. So that's where we're going with this series. That's where we're going with the next three weeks today. And so last week, what we did, we started this by just kind of going through an introduction, right? We just kind of talked about like, hi, I'm the Holy Spirit, nice to meet you. And we answered two questions last week. Who is he uh, and what will he do? Those are the two things that we went after last week. And so now what we're gonna do is we're gonna take the next three weeks and we're gonna say, okay, now that we know him, all right, what does it look like? What does it look like in people who are actually letting the Holy Spirit do some things in their life? What does it look like? What are the signs of the Holy Spirit actually moving and working in someone's life? And, uh, and so we're gonna take off from something that Jesus says here in a second. But last week we also went into, really we just looked at what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. That's really, if you wanna go anywhere and read and understand of the Holy Spirit, all you needed to do is go to John 14 and John 16 and you'll find exactly who the Holy Spirit is and what he's all about. But in between those two places where Jesus says, hey, the Holy Spirit's coming and the Holy Spirit's gonna be here to help you. In John 15, he actually says something to his disciples and to us as well. And this is where we're gonna take off from today. It's the next thing that we're gonna see what the Holy Spirit does in us. Here's what he says in John 15. He says, hey, you didn't choose me. He was talking to the disciples. He said, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command, love each other. So Jesus is saying, listen, if you love me, then, then you, a couple things are gonna happen just by you really loving me. You're gonna love others well. You're really gonna love others well. And you're gonna produce lasting fruit in your life. And that last part is where we're gonna go today because here's where I wanna go today. There is, listen, a deep connection with producing fruit, producing lasting fruit, and the Holy Spirit's role in us. Now, if you're here and you read that and you're wondering what does that mean? What is producing fruit Am I a peach tree? What is that? Where, what are we doing here, Andy? What does that actually mean, bearing fruit? Well, here's the thing. The Bible, this is good news. The Bible is very specific on what that fruit is, very specific on what it looks like in the life of a believer. And in Galatians 5, that's where we're gonna find what Jesus is saying here and how the Holy Spirit plays a role with us bearing and producing lasting fruit, okay? So let's get to it. Galatians 5, we're gonna start in verse one, all right? We're gonna be kind of taking a deep dive in here. We're gonna take the long way around to get to where it actually says the fruit of the Spirit because you're not gonna see the fruit of the Spirit uh, until verse 22, all right? But we gotta get started and kind of get some stuff behind that. Don't flip the page. I hear pages flipping, all right? Don't get to verse 22. Don't be scrolling. Uh, be patient, be patient. We will get there. And by the way, if you just did, that, if you just went there and read, uh, then you're going to find that you actually failed on one of the fruits right there. I'm going to tell you which one. It's patience, okay? So, okay, Paul, Paul, so here's where we're at. Paul is writing this to the church, and what he's saying is that there is, uh, the Holy Spirit is absolutely essential in your life, in finding and understanding and living out the fruit that Jesus wants to have. And in front of this, in the front of this, this is why we gotta start in verse one. Paul is gonna say, this is how you get there. Well, I'm gonna talk about the fruit, but this is how you get there. And so here's how he starts, and this is how everything starts for everything, and here's what he says. Verse one, he says, so Christ has truly set us free. Now, make sure you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Now, 
This right here is what we talked about earlier with, with Paul's prayer. This is the gospel. This is the good news of Jesus Christ. This is what it's all about. And the slavery that he's talking about, it's actually not, he's not talking about the slavery to sin. He's actually talking to believers about another slavery. He's talking about the slavery of the law. He's talking about the burden of the law, which here it is. Here's the law. The law is, I'm gonna do everything right. That's what it is. I'm gonna do everything right. And some of us actually get messed up with this because uh, actually some of us still believe that what God wants for me, what, what really the only way that God could be okay with me is if I do everything right. And so then what happens everybody is that becomes our goal. If that's what we believe, if that's what really God wants for me to get everything right, then that's my goal. That's about behavior modification, about me being a better version of me. And the problem with this is, and what many of you have found out by trying to live that way, you can't do it. You can't do it. It's impossible to live that right. It's impossible to live that rightly enough to be okay with God. And it's a burden. What he's saying, it's a burden because it's, you become a slave to this desire of living this way, living by the law, living by the rules. Do this, don't do this. It's a religion that a lot of people still practice. And Paul is saying, well, that's not what Jesus is about. That's not what he's about at all. So just make sure if you wanna do that, don't call it Christianity, call it religion because that's what it is. Trying to do the right things to earn God's way, that's called religion. Just make sure you don't call it Christianity. And sadly, honestly, gang, that's what a lot of people still practice today. That's what a lot of people who call themselves Christians believe and think. But that's not Christianity because Christ has actually set us free from the burden, from the slavery of the law, okay? So he keeps going and he says, listen, I, Paul, I wrote two thirds of the New Testament, right? I, Paul, tell you this. If you're counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. I'll say it again. If you're trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. Okay, so real quick timeout, circumcision. Like, okay, what's up with that? Like, why, what's he talking about with circumcision? Actually, it's, it's actually a pretty important thing. So, so here's what he's saying. He's saying uh, being circumcised for, for God's people, for, the, for this is Old Testament times, uh, it was just a way to actually mark that you were one of God's people. That was just, the males had to got, got circumcised and it was just part of the law. It was part of following the law. Now, why Paul picked circumcision over everything else? I don't know, that's what he picked and that's what he's choosing. I'm gonna go with what he said. But, but here's what he's saying. When he says this, he's saying, if that's what your effort with God is, if that's what your goal is when you go after God, being a good person, doing right, doing good, I'm not gonna cuss, I'm not gonna smoke, I'm gonna get circumcised. That's just weird to put on this. I'm gonna get, but that's what he's saying. And here's the thing, everybody, all that's great. All of that is good stuff. But if the, I don't, well, all of that is good stuff. But if that's your goal, here, listen to me, everybody, he's saying you're going down the wrong path. You're going down the wrong path. It doesn't show that you get Jesus at all. And then he says, he kind of says, man, if, okay, if you want to do that, then just kind of like work this out. If you want to do it, if you want to live by the law, then here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to obey and follow every single law and be perfect at it while you do it. And good luck, good luck, because you'll find that there are over 600 commandments and laws that you have to follow. And I'm going to give you a little heads up, everybody. We can't even pass the 10 commandments, y'all. Like we can't even get through those. And there's 590 on top of that. And he's saying, good luck with that. That, but he's saying, you're free from that. And he kind of doubles down on this. And he says it, he, the next verse, he says it in a way that actually helps me understand the most with what he just says. He says this. So I want to tell you again, if you're trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, listen to what he says about you, then you've been cut off from Christ. 
Doesn't that sound crazy? But he's saying you're cutting yourself off if you think that's what you're supposed to do. You have fallen away from God's grace. And so he gets even stronger with living by the law. Again, it's not bad, but he's saying that's not, that's not the goal. And he's trying to say it just so we get it. So, okay, Paul, I'm following you. Don't live by the law. This is different, Paul. Okay, so now what do I do? Like if I don't like look at the rules and say, this is what I'm gonna do. This is how I'm gonna show you that I love you. Then what do we do? And here's what he says. He says, so don't live by the law. Next verse, he says, but we who live by the Spirit, there it is, eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised to us. So for when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, see, then there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important, listen to this, open your ears, is faith expressing itself in love. So Paul is saying, listen, I'm not worried about you being circumcised or uncircumcised. He was circumcised. And now I've said circumcised way too many times. You're really distracted now. I promise I will not say it again the rest of this time. I promise you it's the last time I say it. But, but here's what he's saying. What he's saying, he's saying like, that's not what it's about anymore. And then what he says next is so powerful, everybody. I hope you don't miss this. He says, what is important, the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself in love. That's what he's saying. He's saying, that's the goal that we're after. That's the direction we go with the freedom that we have in Christ. And here's where we're gonna go today, Ray. We're gonna get to how this actually works. This is, we're gonna get to see how this plays out because some of them reading that actually who followed Jesus had kind of issues with what he just said. And honestly, I'm gonna say some of you out there, some of you in here have issues with that as well with what Paul just said because here's the thing, you like following the rules. Like you're just really good at it or you just don't mind it because without rules, there's kind of chaos in your book. And here's the thing, how can you have faith if you don't really have the law? How do you have faith without the rules? And, and so, we're, and here's the thing, Paul's gonna get to this, trust me, he will get to this. But I just want to stop for a second and just have you know and be crystal clear about what he's saying, that the only thing that matters, that the only thing that matters isn't a law, it's not a rule that you follow. Those are good, those are good. But really the only thing that matters is faith expressed in love. That's what Paul says. That's what he's saying. Now, he goes on to say in the next several verses, he goes to, you're free because of Christ, you are free. And so you're free, but don't use the freedom, don't use that freedom that you have to do sinful things though. He says, no, no, you use that freedom to love really well. He says, you need to use that to love and serve God and use that freedom to love and serve people. And then we say, okay, so how do we do that? If we're not supposed to follow the law and we're supposed to do this, how are we supposed to do this? So we're gonna drop down to verse 16 and here's what he says. He goes, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. That's it. It's right there. Everything that he talked about from verse one all the way to verse 15 is summed up in this one sentence that if you really wanna be free, if you really wanna live like God wants you to live, if you wanna show the world that Jesus really has changed you from the inside out, I say, follow the rules. No, that's not what he says. So I say, be a good person from this day forward. No, I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Is that really what he said? Yes, that's what he said. 
And so let's read this. We're gonna read this because he's gonna actually uh, uh, describe some of these things and what happens as a result of letting the Holy Spirit guide our lives, not following the law, not following our own morals and our own, our own way, but and, and why it's different, why letting the Holy Spirit guide your life is way different than religion and way different than us having behavior modification. And here's the thing, gang, this is what I'm completely, completely okay. I think it will satisfy the rule followers in here. And I think it will also help those of us who are trying to understand, have a better understanding of the difference between religion and religion religious activity and Christianity and what Jesus and the Holy Spirit are all about. So let's go, verse 16. So he says, let the Holy Spirit lead you. He goes, I'm saying, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. So here's what he's saying. Oh yeah, he goes, these two forces are constantly fighting each other so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Now, what he's saying right there, I don't know about you if you're a believer in Christ, but I get what he's saying. That, that, listen to me, I don't know if you know this or not, but we're in a battle, everybody. As a follower of Jesus, as someone who says, I know that I have Jesus, I know I have the Holy Spirit, I am still in a battle. There is a war going on. There's a conflict right now as you sit in your life. There's a conflict that, and here it is, everybody, that we still, even as a follower of Jesus, we still have these desires that go against God and what he wants for our life and against his way. And, we, and it's because we still have desperately sick hearts. And not only that, but sin by its nature entices us in, it brings us in, and sometimes we fall into it without even knowing that we're really doing it. And, and this is our battle. This is a conflict, this is what Paul is saying. And here's the thing, there is something waging war in us and it exists in every single believer who loves God and wants God's best in their life. It exists in you, every single one of us. And then Paul gives us a list. He gives us this list of where the flesh goes, where our sinful nature will take us if we don't live by anything, if we don't live with any direction. And I don't think that this list that we're about to read is exhaustive. I think it's kind of representative. I think he's giving us this idea of saying, this is a list that, that you need to look at. But, but here's the thing, I, I just wanna give a disclaimer. We do really weird things with this list. We really do, we're gonna read this. And instead of actually seeing like, oh man, I gotta kind of look at myself on this. We really love seeing what others are doing. We like seeing what he does over there. Like, and we really don't see how susceptible we are ourselves to these. And honestly, some of you might've done some of these this morning. I'm just saying, okay. So let's read the list. Let's be okay. We're in a safe place. Let's read the list. Here's what he says. He says, when you follow the desires, he's talking to believers. He's talking to a church, by the way. Oh, just, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Here's what he says. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy. Anybody make it so far? Outbursts of anger, boop. Selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, boop. Drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. And here's what he says. He goes, I'll tell you this as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so what he's saying, and I hope I don't have to explain most of this. I think a lot of, I might have to explain a few of these, but the point is a lot of these are actually self-explanatory things, right? Like we know what some of these actually mean. And I think it's pretty straightforward. But what he's saying is this, he's saying, listen, if your life is marked by this, like if more often than not, you are seeing these things happen more often than that, that you are not living out of God's best for your life, that you're not living God's best for your life, that, that here's what he's trying to say to believers, that if you wanna have God's best for you, then that is a list that is gonna keep you from it. 
that, that when you find yourself, you are not gonna be in God's best. And I don't know about you, everybody. I want God's best for my life. Do you? I want God's best for me. I wanna experience the freedom that Paul says I have in Christ. I want God's best. But here's where I'm gonna be honest with you all. I honestly, it's really hard for me to stay completely off that list. I don't know about you. I mean, I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna tell you, like every now and then I really do have trouble. I have, I have a war with anger. Every now I wish I didn't, but I do. I, I battle idolatry way more than I think I do. March Madness, I'm just saying, like I battle idolatry in some of these areas. Now, I have absolute victory in some of those areas as well, but I, here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at that list. I want you to look at that list. And, and I just wanna encourage you, I wanna challenge you to just look at it and do an inventory of your life. Don't, don't look at Keith, your neighbor, all right, everybody? Like, I know it's easy to look at Keith, poor Keith over there. Look at yourself, look at yourself, invite this in because I don't care what you say. We all struggle with something on that list, amen? We all struggle with something on a list. And just so you know, you're in really good company because Paul would say the same thing about him. And if you wanna look, up that, look that up, go ahead and go to Romans 7, 19. You can study that on your own, but you can see where Paul struggled as well if you wanna look at that, Romans 7, 19. And so Paul is saying, hey, look at that list. Like, look at that list. This isn't where you wanna go. You need to know that you need to take care like you're free, but man, I'm telling you, if left to your own devices, take care. Don't, don't let that lead you. Don't let that lead your marriage. Don't let that lead uh, your family. Don't let that lead your life. It's gonna take you to a place where you don't wanna go if you live without any direction. But here's the good news. Here's the good news. The Holy Spirit wants to do something. He wants to do something, and it's so amazing that in the middle of the battle, that in the struggle that I have with some of those things on that list, he wants to come into my life and help. He wants to help. And here's the thing, if you're in a place right now, as you're watching, or if you're here, if you're in a place where you see some of those things and you feel the tension, like you know the battle that's waged in you and, and you see it, you feel the war between the flesh and the spirit, here's what I'm gonna tell you, you're actually in a really great spot. You're really in a good spot if you feel that battle because what that means is you know the list that we're about to read because you know what you want in your life and it's not that list we just read. There's another list. There's another thing that we, there's another way to go and the Holy Spirit is the one who will get us there, not anything or any way else and it's what leads to life and purpose and fulfillment for you while you're here on this earth. And so Paul is saying, that's not where you wanna go. Here's where you wanna go. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. Now, let's leave that up for a second. I'm gonna put this forward, and I'm pretty confident in this. I don't think there's anyone in this world that exists who would not want this going in their lives. I don't think there's anybody that would look at that and not say, man, I would love to have a little more patience. I would love to see love like that. I would love goodness and say, who wouldn't want love and self-control and all these things? And in here's a, this is a list. I think this is a list that we all would want. And this is why, I'm, what we're about to go through, this is why we needed to go through the whole chapter here and go through it. Because for me, when I read this, here's where I land. I mean, I want that. Like, how do I get that? Where, what do I need to do uh, to get there? Because that's where I want to be. And this is so important. Listen, everybody, listen up. If, if you haven't checked in, check in here. Because Paul is saying, I'm glad you asked. And he's saying, well, you can't get there by trying to follow the law. You can't do it. That, that's his first argument. That's what he said early on in the chapter. Because if you do that, 
Yeah, and, and, and by the way, even if you're good at it, some of you are actually really good, by the way. You're really good at being good. You're really good at following the rules. You're, you're actually really, really good uh, at doing this. But he's saying, if you do that, uh, if you're really even good at it, then you're just gonna become full of pride and self-righteousness, uh, and that's gonna immediately boot you off the good list, man. It's gonna immediately do, if, if that's what you do, if that's your goal. And that's why he says, because this is why he says, in Christ, you're set free from that. You're set free from the law. You're not under that. It won't work. It won't work to get you on that list. So you can't follow the law. And he says, but, and also you can't get there by just living on your own morals or your own ways either. Can't do that either. That's the other thing. Because if you just try to live your life without any help, then, then you're gonna, here's what's gonna happen. What will happen is you will end up all, every time almost, you will end up just going after the desires of your heart. And what he's saying is the desires of your heart are sinful in nature. That's what he's saying. We just read it. He's saying that's what's gonna happen if you do it that way. So if you live your life like that, you're gonna find yourself on that list. And here's the thing. Some of, some of us don't have problems with that list, that first list. We're, we're honestly a little bit, in a weird way, you're okay with it. But here's what he's trying to say. And here's where I wanna go. I'm just telling you about me and my life. I don't wanna do that. I don't wanna do that, man. I don't wanna be on that list. For someone who loves Jesus, man, I don't wanna live in a way that shows that I don't know who Jesus is and that he hasn't changed me at all, okay? And, and that's why I think Paul gives us this list of the flesh. He says, man, you're gonna end up on that list if you just kinda live your own morals or your own way. And, and for someone who is free in Jesus, that is not where you wanna be either. That's not where you wanna be living. So, so now it's like, okay, all right, so don't follow the law. Uh, don't, don't follow myself, now what do I do? And he's like, I'm glad you asked. And what he says is the same point that I got to earlier. Paul says, this is why you have to let the Holy Spirit lead your life. It's the only way. It's awesome. It's the only way, not the law, not living on your own. It's the Holy Spirit who will get you there. And the amazing reality of this is this. If you really truly live this out, if you really truly allow the Holy Spirit to lead you the way that Paul's telling you to lead you, if you are living by the Spirit and he's in you and you're allowing to actually lead your life, Paul's saying there's no need for the law anymore, that you don't need the rules anymore because you just live right as a result of just doing this one thing, letting the Holy Spirit lead your life. This is a reality that can happen. And this is, listen to me, this is a reality that actually is happening amongst a lot of believers among us here and, and watching out there that they are allowing the Holy Spirit to lead them in a way where they're like, nope, I'm experiencing the fullness and everything that God wants because of that. And so here's how he concludes it. He says this, he says, those who belong to Christ because of this, he said, because those who belong to Christ Jesus, they've nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. So since we're living by the Spirit, he's just kind of assuming that's what you wanna do if you've already made the decision. That's where I wanna be. Then let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So this is it. Like this is what's on the table, everybody. This is, this is what being led by the Spirit can produce in those of us who are in Christ and anyone who has a Holy Spirit in them. But it can happen, but listen, the reality is it doesn't happen to everyone who has a Holy Spirit in them either. That's the reality, it can't happen, but it doesn't because some of us have not allowed the Holy Spirit to lead our lives at all. And so for me, here's, here's again, I'm just gonna go back to me. I don't know where you're at with this. I want the reality of that second list. Like that's what I wanna see. I wanna experience God's best with the freedom I have in Jesus. I wanna go after that. 
And so if you're here or you're watching and you're like, no, that's what I wanna do too. Here's the thing. It requires a few things on our part. It actually does. Uh, and I'm gonna talk to you about it. You can't just sit back and automatically have the Holy Spirit lead your life. Uh, so we're gonna look at three things uh, that being led by the Holy Spirit requires. If you're taking notes, I hope you do, man, because these three things are, are so important in the life of someone who wants to be led by the Holy Spirit. So we're gonna look at three things it requires if we wanna be led by the Spirit and be on that second side of the list. Here's what he says. Being led requires the first thing is a decision requires a decision. You have to decide which list you wanna be on. It's that simple. And here's the thing, this is not a thought exercise. I'm not like, it's not like, oh yeah. You, have you ever gotten to a point where you said, I am deciding? I'm, deci I'm looking at this and I'm looking at that and I am making a decision, an intentional decision that I'm gonna make. I think for all of us, I think we all answer this question. You might answer it and you don't even know if you answered it. We all answer this question. The question is, what is the kind of life that's worth chasing after? You've answered that already. You've answered that once. And Paul's trying to tell you that. <laughs> I'm giving you my thesis for, for what following Jesus looks like and the life worth living. But we all answer that question, what is the kind of life worth chasing after? And you know, honestly, as I thought about that question, this is weird, but this is where I kind of went with this. I, I actually ended up thinking about my, my son and my daughter. Like I just thought about like with what God says to them, with what, how Courtney and I are teaching them. And I just thought, man, if somebody from the future came to me and said, hey, here are the traits that Henry has. Hey, here's the life that Roxy is leading and is prevalent in her life. And if here's what I hear, if this is what I heard, if I heard, hey, Henry loves well, he loves so well. It's, it's like infectious to the people he cares about and everybody that it comes in contact with. Roxy is a real peace in her life, real peace. There's no turmoil. There's just a joy that she has and sustains her through the ups and downs. Man, he is so patient with people. He's so patient with them. Uh, her kindness is known by everyone who knows her. There is an overwhelming sense of calmness about them. They are good and faith-filled people. Gang, listen to me. If that's what I heard about them, first off, I would know they love Jesus. Not just know him, but I would know that they love him for sure. I would know, and honestly, I don't know if I would need to hear much more than that. I don't know about, I don't think I would need to hear, hey, he's a CEO or here's what their house looks like and they have all 10 fingers. So I don't know if I would need to hear any of that because I would think, man, they found a life worth living. They found a life worth going after. And here's the deal for me and for you, for those of you who have the Holy Spirit in you, man, that message today is this can exist with you. This could be your life. This could be what marks your life, that when you allow yourself just to be led by the Holy Spirit, this is the life. These are the results that will happen over time. And it starts, listen to me, it's very important that you understand. It starts with a decision. It starts with a decision about your life and who leads it. It starts with saying, I'm gonna let the Holy Spirit lead me and not me lead me. You have to relinquish control. Have you relinquished control to the Holy Spirit? And it doesn't mean you'll be perfect. It doesn't mean that you won't find yourself on that other list from time to time. That's not what this is about. But it's just like over time, what you'll see is being led by the Holy Spirit, you will find more fruit as a result rather than the, the results of the flesh. So you need to decide. Here's the second thing that you need to do. The second thing it requires is that you need to focus on the right thing. You focus on the right thing. 
So this is really important. This, I think this is gonna help you out really because uh, here's, here's what I'm willing to bet. Here's what I'm willing to bet. Uh, and this is what I think we do. And I'm not saying it's like, well, it's theologically wrong, but I think it's okay to do. I think what a lot of you did when we looked at that list of the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Here's what I'm willing to bet that like nine out of 10 of you did. You went, oh man, like I gotta work on patience. Like that's, uh, I gotta put that on my list. I gotta work on that. Pray for me, right? Or, or like, man, like self-control, like I gotta do that. And I'm not saying that like that's bad, uh, but here's what I'm gonna tell you. That is, that is not, not uh, the spiritual exercise that we do. That's not, here's, here's what's gonna help you. Listen, you don't grow fruit by focusing on the fruits. That's not how this works spiritually. You will not grow fruit if you focus on the fruits because when you read, I just want you to go back. When you read this list, notice that when Paul says it, he doesn't say the fruits are, he says the fruit is, the fruit is. And so this is really important because this means that these are not separate virtues to go after and work on. They are a collective evidence of Christ in your life. Do you get what I'm saying? They, they are not just one little, it's not like a menu of things that you wanna get better at. It is a collective evidence of Christ being in your life and the Holy Spirit really leading you. And notice this too. So that's the first thing, that, that you won't get fruit by focusing on the fruits. Uh, and notice this too, when it comes to folks, I wanna go back to verse 16 really quick. Here's what he says, because the order of this is so important for you to understand with a focus. He says, I say then, and I'm not messing with the order. Look it up for yourself. Walk by the spirit, and then you'll certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. You notice the order right there? That, that you don't, so it's not, hey, I gotta get rid of these sinful things and then I'll know I'm walking by the Spirit. That's what a lot of us believe, actually. Hey, clean yourself up and then the Holy Spirit will really start working on you. No, that's not, what Jesus, that's not what Paul's saying. His order is saying, no, 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 you need to walk in the Spirit first and then you'll see the desires of your flesh and the sinful things fall away from your life. That's what he's saying, but here's why. Because without the Spirit first, I hate to tell you this, you're not strong enough to get rid of the sinful desires in your life. You're just not strong enough. You're not equipped to do it on your own. I actually believe, I actually believe as I thought through this, I believe that the biggest problem for so many people who are not seeing your faith work, you're seeing defeat more than victory, you're not able to connect the dots with your faith and all that stuff. I actually really seriously believe that, that the problem isn't uh, that you don't have a lot of this sin in your life or, or, or anything like that. I think you just have a lack of the presence of God in your life. I, that's what I believe. It's not the fact you have all this sin. It's like the song we sang, I'm surrounded. But those of us, we're surrounded by him, man. We're surrounded by the Holy Spirit. I think that's a huge problem. It's not the power of the sin is so strong. It's the presence of God is so weak. Paul's telling you, this is so huge. Hey, listen, man, you don't need more willpower to say no. If that's what you need, you, be, you have it licked. You need the Spirit's presence in your life. That's the thing. That's the difference. So, so we gotta focus on the right thing. Here's the third thing, and it will be done. It requires a step. It requires a step. You can't be led if you're not willing to take action, right? Like you can't. And here's what I'm gonna tell you. The Holy Spirit in every believer's life is leading. It's taught, he's saying things. He's, he is wanting you to go. But, but listen, if he's saying these things and he's, in every believer's life, he's doing this. But if you're not actually taking a step, then, then what's, what's the point? What's, what's the actual point? So here's what I'm gonna say. It's, it's not gonna happen by osmosis. Some of these things, you have to take a step, a faithful, obedient step. And so the ball's in your court. That's what Paul is saying. The ball is in your court. If we want the fruit to happen, it does require some movement on our part. And so here's how this looks. And then, and then we'll be done. Here are the choices. All the way, verse one to verse 20, whatever we got to, verse 22, or verse 26, or whatever. Here's where it is. This is how it looks. Here are the choices you have to live as a Christian. There, these are the options on the table for you. This is what Paul is saying. Live by the rules. You can do that. Live on your own. You can do that or be led by the Spirit. Those are the only options that you have. 
And so for me, I just decided. I mean, I decided this a long time ago, y'all. I just said, man, I, I wanna be spirit-led. I don't wanna be works-driven. I don't wanna be me-driven. I wanna be spirit-led. And I'm telling you, I just wanna prove and show the world that Jesus has really changed me. And so as a result of that, I'm gonna make the decision every time I want God's best for me. And so I decided, man, I'm, I'm gonna be spirit-led. I don't wanna be limping through this life and look like Jesus isn't the difference maker that he really is for me. I'm gonna be spirit-led. And, and that requires for me to make a decision. It requires me to focus on Jesus instead of me. And that takes some sacrifice, everybody. And it requires me to follow by taking the appropriate steps of action when they come in front of me by the Holy Spirit. And this is how it happens, everybody. This is how someone who is led by the Spirit sees the fruit come through in their life. They decided that they're focused on the right thing and they're stepping out in faith. And that's how you'll see the fruit that Jesus prayed for you to have. Let's pray. I wanna I want give everybody a chance to pray just to maybe respond for a minute this morning. So if, if you could, even if maybe some of your or someone you pray, maybe you just bow your heads and close your eyes. And this is just a time for those of us in Christ to have a reflection on this. I just want you to ask a few things as you do this. Just ask the Holy Spirit, invite the Holy Spirit in. Say, I wanna invite you in, Holy Spirit. What are you trying to say? What are you leading me to? Show me my focus. What steps am I missing? Spirit, when we give you, when we give you these moments, I believe you're speaking to a lot of us right now. I believe you are saying something so clear to someone right here. <laughs> you're speaking, you're, you're saying some things that they can feel, they, can, they understand what it means now. They're, they're seeing some clear things that you're, that you're saying to them. Thank you that that's what you do. Thank you that you come along our side, that you are paracletos, you come along our side, you're with us always and you're speaking life into us, you're speaking uh, righteousness into us, you're speaking uh, Jesus to us and, and you're pointing us every time to him. God, some of us right here, we need to take a step and I, and I just wanna pray for them right now, these men and women who are, they see the step they need to take for you to be leading their lives more that they don't wanna, that they, they wanna make that decision. I pray that you help them, give them the courage they need, help them to find the courage that they have already in them because of you to take that step and let you lead them. Right now in this moment, they're saying, I'm gonna go a different direction, man. I'm gonna let you lead, Holy Spirit. I don't wanna lead myself. I don't, I don't wanna, I don't wanna, I wanna be free in Christ. And so I just pray that over these men and women right now, whoever is there just willing to take a step and you're showing them an amazing thing right now. And I just pray that they can faithfully see the next thing so clearly. That's all I ask, Lord. And I'm so thankful that that's what you do. So guide us, help us. Let us see some of the things that, that, that can be so clear if we just let you lead us. We love you. And we just faithfully believe that this is what you do. We just want you to lead us. We love you and we pray for this. In Jesus' name, who gives us the grace that we have to do this. Amen. Amen, everybody. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us here this morning at River Ridge Online. My name's Jason, and I would love the opportunity to connect with you. We are so glad that you made the choice to join us this morning here at River Ridge, and we're all about connections. So I would love, again, the chance to connect with you. 
The easiest way to do that is to visit riverridge.tv slash online connect to fill out that short form. If you're new to River Ridge, this is just a simple chance for us to get to know who you are and where you're from. We'd also love the chance to be praying for you, so make sure to include that on the form. You can also engage with us by visiting us on our social media channels. We're active on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Really, our mission is to help you take your next steps in your journey with God. So if there's anything I can do to support you in taking those steps, taking that next step in your faith journey, please feel free to reach out to me, Jason Hager at RiverRidge.org. We hope to see you right here next week.